Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Ube Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Don Gooey. How are you doing, uh, Don? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing fine. And uh, I'm out in the San Francisco, California. That's where I work out of. Excellent. It's a pleasure having you here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. Don is the author of the Amazon bestseller, The End, based on breakthroughs in neuroscience that facilitate the shift in mindset that changes brain structure to, um, you know, to quiet stress reactions and amplify the higher brain function that predicts greater success and happiness in life. And I think your mission to sleep better and avoid anxiety and stress is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Don. <laughs> me too good to talk to you wonderful so my first question uh, to you is who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face well it's anyone who's stressed you know which is a quite a wide range of people but anyone who's stressed or anxious or depressed becoming aware of um, who are interested in becoming aware of the way in which we've actually been programmed to upset ourselves and how that gets wired into our brains and how we can then, uh, and, and it's reached a point, you know, for people where they want to move beyond that. Now, they don't want to be uh, victims of uh, the way they were socialized and the way that wired their brain to, to make them fearful. No, I, I understand. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, of course, you said, you know, everyone who is stressed, well, who, who, is, who doesn't, <laughs> who isn't stressed today nowadays. And so it's, it's very timely uh, that you have uh, that in place. So, and what are common mistakes from your experience, uh, you know, folks make uh, when trying to solve uh, these problems? Well, the, the most common mistake people make is uh, the assumption that stress is happening to them. It's the result of uh, people or events that they're trying to control and for, you know, one reason or another are being frustrated in some way. And that's a mistake because the reality, the truth is, is that stress isn't happening to you. It's happening in you. And you've been operating from a belief uh, that's driving this anxiety that's activating parts of your brain that that generate fear and activate stress reactions. And the belief that's uh, driving that is that uh, the belief that um, the world, that there's something out there in the world that you need to control. And that, you know, once you get all of those things that you're seeking out there in the world that will make you, that you think will make you a success, once you get those all under control, you'll be happy and at peace. When in fact, the truth of the matter is, is that finding that natural state of happiness that's already in you, that natural state of peace that already exists, uh, is how everything begins to fall into place. 
just the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so that's a common mistake people make is that the solution to the fear and anxiety and depression is out there in the world. And it's not. It's it's a, it's a, a directional shift back inward. I totally get this. And uh, so, but um, also, if I may uh, ask a follow-up question to that is uh, that, you know, you, you're, because you're an expert also in, in neuroscience, and I'm very interested in, you know, you, you mentioned the belief system that we all have is involved in that. So um, can, you, can you give us just an, in kind of like a, um, just a, a definition in layman terms, uh, what stress means in connection to your neuroscience, uh, a neuroscience approach. I know it's a little bit <laughs> tough of question, but so how does this work uh, internally so that we can see that uh, the belief system is involved? Well, the stress is fear. Neurologically, stress is fear. Some form of fear needs to be present in order for your brain to activate a stress response. And what happens is, and the other thing about stress is that um, it, it was designed by nature, by evolution, to give us a, uh, a, a systematic response to a real and present danger. So that if, you know, you're camping and a bear comes into your campground, you're going to have a uh, a colossal stress reaction and it's going to give you five minutes of of uh, heroic energy to deal with the situation either to freeze mm -hmm. completely freeze so that you're you're not detected or uh to run away you'll you'll run faster than you ever mm -hmm. run before or to fight you know to, to 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 meet the challenge it's the kind of thing where you hear about a mother lifts a car off of her son who was working on his car and that the wheel fell on him you know she got she got this colossal strength well that came from a stress reaction to a, a stress response to a real and present danger but the problem is neurologically for most of us what's setting off stress reactions isn't a real and present danger it's a perception of threat It's we think our way into all kinds of stress reactions. You know, we ruminate, we worry, we get anxious, we misperceive uh, somebody. You know, very often somebody will walk by the boss and the boss will be distracted and you'll say, good morning. And uh, the boss doesn't re re reply. And, you you know, stress, your stress reaction will be, well, what's he doing? Why is he ignoring me? Is there something wrong? Is my job threatened in any way? That's the kind of stress reaction that's happening as a result of your own thinking. And what happens is the fear center, the amygdala, hijacks the higher order brain functions, the thought processes. And so now you're thinking rapidly, you're thinking fearfully, and you have no awareness that that it's your brain using you instead of you using mm -hmm. your brain. If you were using your brain, logic would tell you, well, he's distracted. Or your logic would say to you, I don't, I don't care if he says hello or not. That, how, well, why should that affect me? And, that, and the reason it's affecting you is because you're unaware of the thought process is triggering this part of your brain to release a stress reaction. So 90% of what happens are these thought processes that paint us into a corner, a fearful mm -hmm. corner. And, and no wonder that, uh, you know, people get exhausted and uh, uh, lean towards burnout. So this is uh, because we're constantly kind of like uh, we are in the, in the wrong corner of our brain, so to speak, right? Exactly. <laughs> But, 
Wonderful. Thank you for clarifying this. This is, I think it's uh, super valuable to have these insights here. So before I ask Don, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something here to our audience. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Don, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that kind of issue? exactly going out of the corner, but, you know, wow. <laughs> uh, one, one thing you can do is that when you're in a stress reaction, one thing you can be sure about is that you're thinking fearful thoughts. You're thinking anxious, upsetting thoughts that are more than likely misperceiving what's actually happening, you know. And then uh, you, your, your amygdala, which has the intelligence of a two-year-old, so it doesn't have it's, it's its intelligence is reactive. It's not it's it's not logical in any way, and so it's going to believe you. It sets off a stress reaction, um, whether it's logical or not. If you're if you're getting anxious, it thinks you're in danger, and so it sets off a stress reaction. So one of the things you can do is slow down that thinking process that the the fear center of your brain has taken over, and a very simple way of doing that is called the clear button and you know all you got to do is hold your palm in front of you right here in this v between your index finger and your third finger is a, a little spot it's actually an acupuncture spot it's called the fire point and it's used to bring people's hypertension down so you press that and you just imagine it's sending a signal up to your brain to the fear center telling it to quiet down. And then what you do is you just simply, you take in a breath as you're, you continue to press it. And uh, you think of the number one. And you think, and, and you think of a color. So you, you breathe in, one. And on the exhale, you think red. You breathe in, you say, you count two. On the exhale, you think yellow. You breathe in, you count three. On the exhale, you think... Uh, Green. It doesn't matter the color that you choose. And then on the last exhale, you let your mind go completely blank for a moment. You stop thinking as much as you possibly can. You kind of get into that nice, clear space. And then as you come out of that, after a few breaths, you make the decision, the personal decision, to be at peace inside, regardless of what's happening outside. Wow, this is amazing. I, my first color was also red, by the way. <laughs> so we just did this together. Because <laughs> that's, that's exactly what, the, what, what you're thinking is doing. You know, yeah. help, help murder police. <laughs> that's interesting. Right? And then it was... Then it was yeah leaning towards yellow. Then you go would go to green or something like blue or something whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> whatever color doesn't matter. I get the it. idea is is that uh, as I said the the amygdala the brain sphere center. Uh, it, it developed in us. It's a second level of brain development that happened millions of years ago. So in animals. And so it uh, has the intelligence of a two-year-old. It's, it's fully developed in a human being by the age of two. You know, usually takes the prefrontal cortex about 18 years to completely fully come online, right? So what do you do with a two-year-old who's in the throes of a tantrum? Well, you distract them. You know, you give them a toy, you give them, you know, you, if, if you sit down and you try to reason with a two-year-old about why this is not the proper behavior, you will get nowhere. The same thing with your brain, you know? So 
What you do is you distract it. So counting one, two, three, thinking of a color, even if you can't even imagine a color, just thinking of color, all of that is a distraction. And so now the the um, control of your brain shifts from that fear center, the amygdala, to the, the frontal cortex where logic and reason come in. And you can now, now you're at a point to make a choice. You, you've moved yourself to a point of choice. Previously, the choices were being made by the unconscious part of your brain that's setting off a fear reaction that's releasing stress hormones into your system that's going to debilitate you. So that's that's as simple as it is. And you do this practice. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you and you find you're ruminating, you're worried about money, you're worried about something at work, and you can't get back to sleep. This is one way to get you back to sleep. And what's keeping you awake is that you're, you're, you're ruminating, your thought process is running away with you, and you're getting more and more frightened, and your amygdala is releasing stress hormones, and one of those stress hormones is adrenaline. Well, how are you going to get back to sleep when you're on adrenaline? <laughs> you're not. You're going to yeah. be screwed up. So you got to just bring all that down. And you have 90 seconds to bring it down. After 90 seconds, the fear center, the two-year-old is uh, pretty much in charge. You know, it's why we say when somebody has a full-blown stress reaction, they acted like a two-year-old. You're acting like a two-year-old right now. Well, that's neurologically, that's an accurate statement. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Excellent advice. So, the most important um, thing is to understand it's hap stress is happening in you. It's not happening to you. Reality is neutral. Reality is always fine. You may not like yeah. it, but it's neutral. The reaction you're having to it makes it good, bad, upsetting, peaceful. You all of it, it all come. That's all the way in which you're relating to things, and that's the big mistake people make. They Wonderful. they think. It's reality imposing itself on you. It's not the Wonderful. Case. Excellent. Thank you for sharing these, these uh, valuable insights here, uh, Don. Um, so um, I want to give you quickly the chance to uh, and the platform uh, to share with us what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will help with these kinds of issues. Well, people can go to a, a website that uh, we've created here at ProAttitude. ProAttitude, if you're interested in getting help, you know, within your company, you can go to ProAttitude.com. Uh, if you're interested in, in getting some tools and and uh, some guided meditations and those kinds of things, you can go to a website called radical dash peace.com and you'll find all kinds of things there that uh, are free that you can download um, audio files that you can listen to that kind of thing and there's actually a video of this clear button that's there excellent thank you for sharing of course we'll put the link in the show description so uh, folks can check it out and deal with their stress issues, uh, stress issues. <laughs> whoops <a> tongue breaker <laughs> here we go so what's the one question i should have asked you um, you know that would be of great value to our audience well the question that i often get asked is is how did i get into this business of you know having expertise in in stress and neuroscience and that kind of thing and uh, the answer is i came into a 
hard way. I my life hit a perfect storm of stress, mm-hmm. and I had uh, climbed the career ladder for years uh, and and reached uh, a high level with Stanford University Medical School as an executive within the Department of Medicine. And after two years in that job, I lost the job. And nine days later, I was uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor. And I was married with four kids. And so it was a catastrophe that I was looking Mm -hmm. at. And um, I reached this point with it. I had two weeks, uh, actually, I had four weeks before the surgery was to take place. So, um, which I thought was great. I was in no hurry to, you know, have my head drilled into. Uh, But I began to really ruminate. I began to under, began to see how fearful my and stressful my thinking was. And it was making me absolutely miserable. I wasn't sleeping. And I was beginning to realize it was not only making me miserable, it was depleting the, the physical resources I was going to need to get through the surgery. All of that was weighing on me. And one night, at three o'clock in the morning, I had this insight to begin to move into a process of of letting go of that fear. And um, I had been taught years before by very famous uh, psychologists, American psychologists, a process of for doing that, in which um, you bring into awareness what it is you're feeling. Uh, most of us suppress it, push it away, particularly if it's upsetting or if it's negative. We try to turn it into something else. And it's sort of like somebody you push uh, a burglar out the front door and he comes in the back door before you know it, right? I was noticing that was happening. That that way of dealing with my my negative, fearful thinking wasn't working. So I embraced it. And I was so I think I was sort of hoping at the moment that this process that psychology had given me would, would bring me instant relief. But as soon as I embraced the fear I was in, it swelled. It became enormous. Uh, I have a, a grandson who surfs, and he says, once you hit a big wave and, and you're on it, there's no getting off of it. And it's either going to drag you to the bottom or you're going to ride it into shore. And so I had that sort of image in my head. I got to ride this wave, this fear. I got to stick with it. And I did. And I came in to shore. And I realized at that moment that all that big wave of fear was created by the thoughts that I was thinking. I, yeah. I could I could reflect back. What was I thinking before that? I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm really in trouble. My family's going to become homeless. You know, you, you begin to think those songs and the fear animates and animates and animates. And then when I embrace the fear and then it disappeared, which was the mm-hmm. first indication I ever had that fear was an illusion. And so I relaxed. It was the first time I had relaxed in a couple of weeks. And then the fear came back and I processed it for the next hour in this way until I reached this moment where I was actually at peace. I knew I was at peace because, you know, when I first woke up and I looked out the window, um, it was three o'clock in the morning, what the world looked like was this, the dark night looked like some kind of black hole that was going to suck my life in. And after an hour of doing this awareness process, when I looked out the window, I could see the moon was shimmering on this beautiful oak tree that was in the front of our property. And um, I, I realized that 
the only thing that had changed was me. I was seeing something that that uh, was actually there previously. I, and it felt kind of, it felt sort of sacred, that thing. And so it occurred to me is that, you know, we're all kind of hypnotized by our fearful thinking into seeing something that's not there and not seeing what's actually there. You know, that, that we are, and it, as I looked out at that, that beautiful uh, moment that of the moonlight shimmering on, on the oak tree, um, I came to the realization that uh, I'm surrounded by, by love. I'm surrounded by a divinity, um, but I've not been in relationship with that. And so I began to take faith in that. And I went to, and my whole attitude changed. And I had to go back to work at Stanford. I had to go back and finish a project to get my severance package. You know, they held it up like a carrot. And when I went back, I was a completely different person at work. There were people I thought were my enemies, and I realized that was just the way my my fearful mind was working. I looked at the project I had to get done, and I could determine it didn't overwhelm me. It was a big project. And I knew in two weeks, this is about what I can get done, which will make a difference. And I was able to focus on that. You know, I was functioning much better. And um, everybody marveled at my attitude this peaceful more joyful attitude on this guy ever since he got this diagnosis mm. and i ended up uh somebody in another department of psychiatry in the medical school called me over the chairman and hired me i got my job back and i went for the surgery and the surgery which was uh the outcome was the prognosis was not very good turned out to be a complete success and back then that was back in the 80s uh, the idea of a mind-body connection was not well was not considered uh, as definitive within medical science. It was I remember asking a neuroscientist this back then, and he said, "Oh, that's hippie talk. You know, it's, it has nothing to do with it. You know, there's there's you got a brain tumor. That's it." Your attitude isn't going to make it go away. Well, now we know, and all, every doctor knows. You know, your body follows your mind, and medical treatment follows the state of mind that you're in. And so there's so much resources now medicine makes to, uh, available to people to shift their attitude, to shift their mindset, to, to promote the healing process, to promote the outcome of any kind of procedure that's being done. Um, and so, and that's what we're finding with the brain. Our brain, our society programs us into being ra rather fearful people and being completely externally focused. We measure ourselves in terms of, you know, how successful we are. The, and out of what co comes out of that is the fear of failure. And that fear of failure sets off these stress reactions inside of us. Um, but through awareness, we can identify the kind of thinking and beliefs that we're, we're functioning from. Um, and as we begin to see how they, we, they were programmed into us, they actually drop. They quiet down. I mean, the whole point of psychotherapy is to uncover something that's operating unconsciously and make it conscious. Because when you do that in psychotherapy, the unconscious force loses its power. You know, it's no longer operating in the background anymore. You're interrupting it through awareness. And so and we now know that awareness reprograms the entire brain. 
so that you you're, you can be programmed to be fearful like most people are, and you can change that through a process that that um, rewires the brain. And that's what's in the book, my book, The End of Stress, how yeah, you do that. And simpler than most people think, and it, and change happens quicker than they imagine. If you're really diligent about it, anywhere, usually around four weeks, you begin to notice. You know, you're looking at the world. Yes, the world looks so different now. What's different? And exactly. So yes, and change starts from within. So thank you for sharing uh, your wonderful insights, and also for sharing this pivotal moment uh, in your life. And this brings me, you know, even closer to uh, my final question to you. Today, it's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Oh, well, that happened um, about two months ago when my granddaughter called me to tell me I'm going to be a great-grandfather. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> got, me, got me goosebumps. And the interesting thing about it was that a few days before I had this thought that kind of came in sideways, you know, uh, that you're going to be a great grandfather. And it, it caught me by surprise, you know, and I, I said, no, I'm not going to be great grandfather. You know, I'm not, I'm not that old. because I, my mind had it like you, well, you must be a hundred if you're going to be that. And, um, then two days later, my granddaughter called to say, you're going to be a great grandfather. And I also had the feeling it was going to be a girl and uh everyone else in the family thought it was going to be a boy but it turned out it's going to be a girl so i also got goosebumps because i thought well maybe my great granddaughter was the one who gave me the news you know her spirit was giving me the news and so that kind of gave me goosebumps so it's exciting yeah. absolutely <laughs> exciting now we are Yes, <laughs> indeed. So this is a really uh, worthy goosebumps moment to share. Thank you for sharing, Don. And uh, also thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening and as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.